And what is going on, you Welcome back to Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries. This December, what is it, 19th, 18th, sorry, 2021. As I'm back after like a year of being gone. A whole year of being gone. And I'm, I'm happy to be back, man. I'm happy to be back. Because I've been putting it off for so long. It's always, I always have an excuse of why I couldn't do the podcast. Because life, this, and that, that, whatever. You know, I got more people in my house. I have some family members that moved over. But, um, and you know, they're, they're staying with me. So we got a full house. And there's a lot of noise and stuff. People coming in and out at, you know, all different times. And things like that. So, but. I got to get back into it, man. I just miss it. I've been listening to podcasts like on the way to work. And I'm like, man, this is what I used to do, especially in my conspiracy fears and mysteries. I got to do it. You know what I mean? So with that being said, man, with that being said, I hope everybody is doing great. I hope everybody's doing good. And let's get started today. So I wanted to bring it back. We had going to have to cock back we're gonna have to restart you know what i'm saying do it over again and just kind of recock like i said you know what i'm saying cock the hammer you know get our sight pictures back on on our on our um our podcast here on my podcast so we're gonna go with the nine most popular conspiracy theories in recent history and we're talking about very recent Okay, uh, mostly this year, last year, year before, last couple years. We're just going to go through nine of them that I found. Uh, and I actually got these from Team Vogue. It's a count, a little uh, count that I got from Team Vogue. So I'll, I'll be reading a little bit from Team Vogue. And we're going to, um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit and um, why conspiracy theories and stuff. And I will hit up more true crime. If you guys want more true crime more of those episodes those are like some of my most popular it's like give and take some of my conspiracy ones are very popular but then my true crime ones are also very popular so it's you know like i'm looking at my numbers and it's like a couple hundred people for here a couple hundred people for this one you know and it's almost even um sometimes more one more than the other but it's kind of even so just let me know hey i want more true crime we want more conspiracies so with that being said let's go let's get started so i'm gonna read a little bit from the article here just to set it off just to get the ball rolling and in the year 2021 conspiracy theories ran rampant from the halls of congress to viral facebook and plush pink instagram posts conspiracy theories are nothing new in the united states says Cynthia Miller Idris, an American University sociology professor who focuses on extremism and radicalization. But they've been able to spread like wildfire over the past decade due to social media, which can easily amplify and circulate misinformation. And let me add to that, so can the media, the media, mainstream media adds to the fire. And I'm talking about they drop atomic bombs of misinformation on it, okay? And we'll, we'll, I'm going to discuss that a little bit. Amid uh, uh, a pandemic that has killed 600,000 Americans to date, um, I guess, conditions couldn't be more ripe for conspiracy theories to take hold. Miller Idris says that people tend to turn to conspiracy theories when they've lost a sense of control and feel afraid and anxious because they these theories can offer comfort in the form of black and white answers. Well, I would say I'm going to argue with that. And my argument, not because, you know, I I I enjoy a conspiracy or two, or or two, but that goes both ways. Sometimes we'll just believe anything. There are people who will believe whatever is given to them right there. Hey, look, this is what, especially for the mainstream media, because of course it's mainstream media, and we're supposed to believe the news. They claim to be very credible depending on who's giving it to you and it's we want we want it in black and white there's people who um don't feel comfortable with the answer that they get from a certain place so that's where they tend to lean to a conspiracy theory then there's people who don't feel comfortable with the 
possibility that that conspiracy theory might be true. So they lean towards the other way. Well, this person's a doctor and then and they told me this, so it has to be true. This So it's all, I think it has to do a lot with the comfort zone of the person. How? Where do I feel comfortable? Do I feel comfortable believing this or do I feel comfortable believing this? I think we got to keep our palates open and we have to really just open our minds and, you know, people don't want to be confused. They don't want to be lost. Not a good feeling being lost. It's not a good feeling to not know. Nobody likes that feeling. You know what I'm saying? So we tend to to go to the side that makes us feel more comfortable and believe it or not some people feel more comfortable with uh, with a conspiracy theory i just i they don't feel comfortable with whatever truth or, or whatever information is given to them there's some people who believe in vaccines some people who don't some people who just don't want to take it some people don't want to take it for this reason some people who want to take it for this reason who people who will get who are willing to get jabbed every single month if they have to because they believe that they are whatever and some people who don't want to get jabbed because they believe whatever. So anyway, let's keep going. According to Miller, Andrus, inexplicable deaths, whether it's death on a mass scale, like the, like, uh, like the pandemic, which I, I don't know. I mean, we got 5,000 people in the campus where I work. Uh, we've had uh, a few people, a lot. Well, we, I guess we've had a lot of people who've had COVID. Some got caught lying about it just because we were getting paid. Um, to be like off d during the middle of the pandemic, during the height of it. Um, but everybody who's had it has, out of like four or 5,000 people, and we haven't lost anybody. On the contrary, or we, we lost two guys, but one, when you, you know, obviously, when the rumor mill flies, you ask, oh my God, did he die of COVID? Well, everybody's like, no, I, well, you know, nobody knows. But the guy was really overweight. He had health issues already. He had heart problems. He had all kinds of stuff. So we don't know why he died. The other one, actually, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not laughing at his death. You know, rest in peace to both those gentlemen. But the other one, um, we knew, hey, he went to go get his. This is when they were doing the, the like when the mandates were like, hey, lose your life or, you know, you either get the shot or lose your whole being and you're just you're not going to have anything. Um, when the whole mandate was like hammer balls to the wall, you know, he got the shot in the morning and he died in the afternoon. No lie. He he worked. I think he worked the afternoon shift. And he got he went in the morning, got his shot, and he didn't show up for work. What happened? He died in his sleep for some reason. He was about fifty or something. And I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know him personally. I've seen him here and there, but I didn't know him personally. And he, the man just passed away. You know. Um. So anyway, when something is so horrifying, it's easier for people to believe it can't be true. Right. When something is very hard. Is very horrifying. It is easier for people to believe that it can't be true. They can become more vulnerable to conspiracy theories because they can't psychologically wrap their head around the fact that it is true. That's what she says. Um, uh, it's these episodic, shocking events that create vulnerability. But that goes both ways again, because. The the and actually she's actually completely right because the people who believe the conspiracy theories can't believe that they're lying to us. We can't believe that you know it's not true. You know, like oh my god, they're lying to me in the mainstream media, especially when when they get caught so many times lying. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to defend anyone left to right. You guys know this is conspiracy fears and mid and. And mysteries, so I'm talking about conspiracies, but it is what it is. You know, there are a lot, there's a lot of things that can be questioned where it's like, ah, I mean, look at the Jesse Smollett thing. Where everybody believed in the beginning. I was like, oh, no. How <laughs> did two MAGA people get to uh, uh, Chicago? But then I was like, and look what happened. You know what I mean? So then that's just one. That's just one. I mean, Jesus. You know, 
people like to believe everything's black and white. People love to believe everything's just easy, just that easy. Hey, this is what they said. This is what happened. That's it. There's nothing in between. Nobody's being bad. Nobody's being crooked, you know. But that's that's just the way it is. Also, there is a long historical record of the U.S. government lying to its citizens, including about medical experiments, covert surveillance, torture programs, and the existence of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, harboring suspicions that the government isn't always telling the full story. A perfectly reasonable response to this pattern of deception. But sometimes critical thinking and skepticism blossom into something more fanciful and outlandish and a willingness to believe information that matches up with our pre-existing political leanings or ideological beliefs she's very right about that that i'm gonna agree with her she's, she's very right um due to the history that we have of with our government uh that's passed down through the generations as we learn things we're like oh man the government lied about this well why wouldn't they lie when did they start telling the truth well, you know when did everything start being true if, if they were lying before when did all of a sudden the shift happen and they were like you know what we're just gonna tell the truth that's it we don't want to lie to anyone. We want everyone to know exactly what's going on. When did that happen? I don't think I don't think that ever happened. So, but she is right. Um, and Miller's uh, Miller Idris's work as the director of American University University's Polarization and Extremism Research and Innovation Lab. I can't believe they have a research lab for this. She has found that one way to combat conspiracy theories is to reach people through a process called attitudinal inoculation. That sounds like some Nazi stuff. But anyway, here I go with conspiracies. With this technique, researchers strive to teach people how propaganda, misinformation, and conspiracy theories function so that when they come across suspicious claims from dubious sources, they're appropriately skeptical. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm, about, a, I'm about a conspiracy theory, everything I just read right now. All right? Um, they're... They have a they have a whole class on this in colleges. Colleges are a money machine. A lot of colleges are private, and they a lot of colleges are really uh, are really um, progressive, right? Most of them are really left leaning. They're funded a lot by a lot of left leaning people. Um, they have a lot of political ties. They are, let's call it indoctrination places. So you want to control the flow of truth or want to call it conspiracy. Then you teach a class on how conspiracy is bad. They just give it a fancy name to make it sound like, no, no, we're just teaching how, you know, propaganda and misinformation and conspiracy theories function. That's all it is. It's called attitudinal, attitudinal inoculation. That's what it is. It's not that we don't, you know, it's, it's, it's basically, hey, conspiracies are bad. Don't believe it. Just believe what we tell you. That's basically what it is. I mean, in a nutshell, let's be honest. Okay, let's be honest with yourself. Right now, some of you are turning off the podcast. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I believe everything they tell me. I believe everything they tell me. Okay, well, that's you. Some people don't. Some people do. Some people don't. So the first myth was about, let's talk about the 9 11. The first myth is about the Holocaust. Between 1941 and 1946, 6 million Jews were killed across Europe and a horrific genocide led by Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler. Despite the fact that the Holocaust is one of the best documented events in history, there are swaths of the population that don't believe it happened. I never heard that one. But anyway. Or they believe the death toll has been enormously inflated. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. The death toll enormously inflated. Why would they do that? Um, look. At the end of the day, everything's about money and power. You follow the money, and you will get to a dirty truth. You follow the money. The, the problem is people don't follow the money. A lot of people who don't, who are like, oh, we hate, you know, it's just a conspiracy who aren't about the whole conspiracy theory thing, which that word was made to discredit truths, by the way. But anyway, that term... Um. They, they'll, they'll just believe anything and 
they don't want to follow the money, but you follow the money and you'll see. And the reason why I say follow the money is because I say um, that the 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 death toll highly inflated. And actually, let me keep reading and you'll see why I say follow the money. Because I, I think I just saw it. I, I just saw it here. One, on one 2014 survey coordinated by the Anti-Defamation League of more than 53,000 people across 100 countries found that only 30% of the respondents thought historical accounts of the Holocaust were accurate. Respondents under the age of 65 were more likely to say that they didn't believe the Holocaust happened as history books say it did. Poor education on the subject may be one explanation for this, but some conspiracy theorists pushed anti-Semitic notion, pushed the anti-Semitic notion that the Holocaust was invented or exaggerated to garner sympathy and monetary gains for Jewish people while serving and advancing Jewish interest. I want you to think about this monetary gains. If you're, and I'm not saying that the Jews lied or anything like that, or and I'm not taking away from anybody that survived this horrible, horrible uh, era in our lives, um, and in their lives, I wasn't born yet. Um, but think about this: leaders. It's always the leaders. It's always the people who we put in charge of something. It's not the people. On the bottom or in the middle, it's the leaders. Um, maybe is it is it is it possible, right, that two leaders of the of of the Jewish side and the American side were like, "Hey, man, we can we can capitalize off of this. We can make a lot of money. You know, we could make a lot of money. We get." We make the our people more powerful. They get money. We get money. You know, if we say instead of um a hundred thousand, we'll put five hundred thousand. You know, we'll just say, hey, look, this, this, this. I'm not saying that five hundred thousand or a million or two million or three million did not die. I'm just saying, just imagine it. Is that a possibility? Yes, it is. Is it an impossibility? No. Then that's the problem. That we don't want to look at that, at the fact that it, it it that it's it could be possible, or that it isn't impossible. Either way, Deborah E. Lipstadt, a historian and professor who has written books on Holocaust denial, separates Holocaust deniers into two groups. There are the hardcore deniers who say the Holocaust didn't happen at all. Um, that one I don't. I'm not. I will. I'm not. I'm not going to say it didn't happen. That um, no. I don't know. I don't know. That just, I just, I don't, you have to show me something that really proved it didn't happen. Like, it's got to be crazy because even if they killed one person, I'm still going to be like, yo, you know. Then Lipstadt says there are the less fervent deniers who may admit the Holocaust happened but question the official death toll or the gas chambers were used for mass murder. Among the many poignant points Lipstadt raises about Holocaust denial is this question. For the, for the deniers to be right, who has to be wrong? Well, certainly all the survivors, the bystanders. But most of all, you have the perpetrators. They never said it didn't happen. That's true. Never said it didn't happen. Um, they, the, the Nazis that were caught said, look, this is what we did. I mean, hundreds and thousands upon thousands of people, bystanders and everything. Now, could they have been wrong on the numbers? That's a possibility. It could have been human error or it could have been human greed. Either way. You know what I mean? Or they could have been just exactly right. Anything could have been possible in this. Um, but to call it far-fetched is really, really hard. Or, you know. Number two. Let's go to number two. The CIA had a hand in JFK's assassination. Ha. This one is all over the place, man. Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested on November 22, 1963 for assassinating President John F. Kennedy Jr. the same day in Dallas, Texas. Two days later, while being transported to a local jail, Oswald, who was shot and killed by Jack Ruby, a Texas nightclub owner. This shocking set of events was ripe for conspiracies from the start. Not only was a handsome, popular president fairly shot in broad daylight, the accused assassin was killed days later, inviting speculation about a cover-up. As early as early as the late 1960s, more than 50 percent of Americans didn't believe Oswald had acted alone. And as of 2017, 538 reports, 61 percent of Americans believe that 
the assassination involved a conspiracy of some sort. Now, there are a few main JFK conspiracy theories. One popular is that the CIA killed JFK in retaliation for the failed Bay of Pigs invasion to overthrow Cuban leader Fidel Castro. According to biography Philip Sheenan, Bobby Kennedy, JFK's brother and the attorney general, initially thought a group of rogue CIA agents were involved in JFK's death, though he later reconsidered. Another theory is that Oswald wasn't the lone gunman. Many many can hardly be faulted for believing this when a House of Representatives Select Committee on Assassinations found that there was probably a conspiracy involving a second shooter. In 82, another committee called the, uh, those findings into question, but the theory had already taken root. A third theory, the assassination was actually a mob hit meant to punish Kennedy for cracking down on the mafia. Oh, and did you hear about the one, the one about Ted Cruz's father? We're going to skip it here, but if you feel like a laugh, look into it. Ted Cruz's father. Wow. I mean, there are some, and like I said, I go back to the beginning. There are some where you feel comfortable believing as a conspiracy theorist. There are some that you fear. And there are some that you're just like, nah, that's not in my lane of conspiracy. So I'm not even going to go there. I don't know the one about Ted Cruz's father. I might look into it later just for a laugh. Number three is the moon landing was faked. Now, this one here is near and dear to me. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. I think I've done the moon landing on last year's or two years ago, so very long time ago. And the reason why this was near and dear to me is because when I was a kid, when I was a child, I always questioned the moon landing when I was a kid. I, was, I used to be like, yo, like, how is it that, you know, uh, how did we land on the moon? Because I remember one time my teacher was was showing us a globe spinning, right? She's like, oh, the world spins like this at this speed, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what is it? And then she's like, yeah, and the space shuttle takes off. And I was like, well, doesn't the, if the earth is spinning, um, how, how does the, how does the shuttle take off and go straight to the um you know to, to the moon if the earth is spinning and then the moon is spinning around the earth and whatever whatever you know and she got i don't know if she got mad at me or what happened because i kept questioning i was like i don't understand how that happens like shouldn't the the ground come on? you know i was a kid i you know i didn't understand the science it was i was still it was like what third grade or something they were still teaching me and she was just like yeah and especially you know she was showing me one of those class globes and she left a bad taste in my mouth because the way she spoke to me and everything. It was just damn like, hmm, hmm. And I questioned everything. And somebody recently made a TikTok really funny where he was like, yo, how was the signal coming from the, from the, uh, <laughs> from the moon when they landed and when they took off from the moon in the, in the, in the, uh, in the little capsule back to the ship? How was that signal? You know, that live stream so good in 1969 or 1970, whatever, you know, and now I can't go to the front of my house and get a good signal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was funny. And some people were saying, oh, but it was recorded. But it's it's mixed. You're like, oh, and then it was the, the live stream. Oh, hold on. We're, we're getting contact from the astronauts in space and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, but 2021, we have, I have problems across the street, I actually lose signal. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's NASA, they had better stuff. All right, whatever, it could be anything. Now, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first humans to land on the surface of the moon, or did they? Just kidding. They absolutely did, but by the 70s, 30% of Americans believed the moon landing had been faked. Alternative histories soon materialized. In the case of the fake moon landing, William Casings apparently started writing the book We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion swindle as satire. But he ended up fully believing the conspiracy. The primary idea of his book was that the footage of astronauts taking their first steps on the moon's surface, which hundreds of millions of, Amer of people watched live on TV. That's what I'm saying. There you go again with that live feed, with that live stream. Let's call it a live stream in 1970. There was live streaming, not on TikTok, but there was live streaming. Was actually shot at Nevada's Area 51, another conspiracy hotspot. Now, let me tell you this. Um, let me tell you why, another reason why 
you could believe the moon landing was fake. Not because we didn't get there later, but because, remember, it was a space race. So, um, who, Russia, you know, the whichever country was able to get to orbit first, or whoever was able to get even, whoever was able to make that move first was going to be king of the yard. Everybody in the United States wanted to be king of the yard. So did Russia, so did uh, Japan and all the other countries want to be king of the yard. Well, what did um, what did Russia do? They put Sputnik out there first. Hey, look what we did. What, what, what? The United said the the United States said, "Hold on, hold my beer, hold my beer." You know, now this wasn't in four years we discovered how to get to the moon, two hundred something thousand miles away. Apparently, that's how far the moon is, over two hundred thousand miles. We got rockets. We got these. Um, we got all, all these all these engineers. One of them a Nazi uh, engineer to build rockets for us. We got the rockets in four years. Bah, no, no real. I mean it. No real training, like no real practice. I don't know what you could practice, but um, to get to that moon, it's like, fuck it, we're going up there. And it could be that they just said they did. They threw something up there, boom, we really didn't get all the way to the moon. We don't know. We All we're going off is what we see on TV. They broadcast a thing, and we're going to believe it. They broadcasted it, right? 30 million Americans saw it, whatever, 50 million. I'm a, how many saw it? Live stream. They live streamed it. <laughs> They live streamed it, okay? They said they live streamed it. They saw it live. This wasn't a recording. It says they saw it live. Unless live meant recording before. But then again, you got to ask, how did, how did they record all this? Like, what, what's going on? Like, whatever. Okay, so let's keep going. As recently as 2019, um, a small survey showed that 10% of Americans still believe that the moon landing was a hoax. I think it's more than that. In 2018, NBA star Steph Curry said he didn't believe in the moon landing. Um, NASA offered him a lunar lab tour. Now, you see how they nut up real quick when a, when a celebrity does it, when a celebrity says they're, they're, they don't believe in the moon landing. Now, why would NASA care if a celebrity doesn't care, um, that does not believe that they were in the moon landing? Why does the government care? Well, the 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 star or whoever the celebrity or whatever they have influence they're afraid they're going to influence people who would be like nah we're not paying taxes for that we're going to contest it and they lose money again follow the money follow the money anything where you have the possibility of losing money there's going to be a conspiracy behind anywhere where you have the possibility of making a lot of money there's going to be a conspiracy behind it. Follow the money. Number four, Princess Diana's death was no accident. Um, well, obviously, she passed away. Unfortunately, obviously, there was an accident. But what caused it? What was the reason? When Princess Diana, a beautiful young royal outsider known as the people's princess. No, the people's princess. That's a key word. The people liked her. She was for the people. People who are for the people are usually not liked by the people who aren't for the people. People who are not for the people will do anything to destroy their reputation and destroy and even kill the person who is for the people. They cannot have a person who the people really love because it will destroy their power. You understand? You can't have that. That's... That's been going on since the beginning of humanity. Anyway, the people's princess was killed in a car crash in Paris in 97. I remember that. I remember seeing it. I was like, what? One year, just one year after her divorce from Prince Charles, conspiracies immediately abounded. The specifics vary, but the crooks of most, the crux or crews of most, Diana-related theories is this, that the car accident that killed her was not an accident. At the time of her death, she was dating Dodi Fade, an Egyptian film producer who died in the limo alongside her, who was supposedly planning to propose to Diana the night of the accident. In a court witness statement, Dodi's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, said they were killed because the monarchy couldn't stand the daughter of Diana and Prince, Char um, of Diana and Prince 
Charles's son, heirs to the British throne, having a stepfather who was Egyptian and Muslim. Dodie's father also claimed Diana was pregnant at the time of the crash, though the coroner who examined Diana says she was not. Now, this is one of those things where you cannot believe anything. Oh, the coroner said he was not. You think, let, let's, let's say all this is true. Let's say up to the part where, let's say Prince Char um that the the uh the empire the british throne did not want princess diana and the son of prince charles to have a stepfather that's egyptian and muslim because that taints the family blood or whatever do you think that they don't have the power to go to that medical examiner and say you better say you better report what we need you to report. We are the fucking empire. Do you think he's not going to... Do you think he's going to be like, yeah, she was. She was. Even if she was? Is that a possibility? Or is no, that's another conspiracy theory. No. That's a possibility. And, that's pro and you got to start believing shit. I mean, you got to... not. You don't have to believe it, but you got to start kind of looking around, thinking outside the box. You know what I mean? Another theory is that the limo driver, Henry Paul, who was drunk at the time of the accident, intentionally crashed the car because Paul was the head of security at the Ritz Hotel in Paris, where the couple had departed from just prior to, to the crash. Conspiracy theorists believe he might have been on the payroll of a National Intelligence Service group that wanted Diana dead. Other theorists believe that Diana's medical care after the crash was deliberately sabotaged. Four... Uh, for conspiracy theorists in the U.S., the idea arose from the differences between French and American approaches to emergency care. In France, protocols um, dictates that emergency medical personnel attempt to stabilize a patient before transferring to the hospital. In the U.S., getting to the hospital is the first priority because Diana was treated at the scene and not immediately rushed to the nearest hospital, something that this is proof she was purposefully killed. Again, you believe what you want. Number five, 9-11. 9-11 was an inside job. In a series of coordinated terror attacks, nearly 3,000 people lost their lives. I saw that personally. I was in Germany. I mean, we all watched that one. That was, we saw it live on TV. Um, during the events of September 11, 2001, with thousands more were injured and 2,000 first responders lost their lives uh, due to illnesses related to their time working at ground zero. On the fall day of 2001, America's watch stunned as two planes hit the Twin Towers in New York City while a uh, third struck the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and a fourth crashed into a field outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. September 11 took place in history as the date of the most deadly foreign attack on America's soil, unsurpassing uh, Pearl Harbor, of course. Maybe it's because of the scale of the loss that nearly 3,000 people could be killed within a few hours on a sunny September morning. Or because of the lies that have been told to the American people to sell them on the endless wars that followed the attacks. But the subject of 9-11 has always been a playground for conspiracy theorists. One of the most prevalent theories is that the administration of President George Bush did 9-11. Or at least knew about it and let it happen because the administration wanted to go to war in Afghanistan and Iraq for oil. Now that to me, makes so much sense. They want oil. You cannot just go. He has to have a reason to use taxpayer dollars to fund the military, to take the troops over there and get that oil. Has to have a reason to go kill Saddam. Yes, he's the president, but you don't, you can't just do it on the world stage and say, oh, I don't have a reason. So what do you do? You create a reason. You create a terrible reason. You piss off the whole country where they're so pissed off that they're behind every single word you say. We are pissed off and now we're going to war. That is very believable. That is one conspiracy that I... I don't even want to call it a conspiracy. I think that's the truth. But anyway, many 9-11 theories branch out of the core conspiracy that 9-11 was an inside job. Proof, supposedly the Twin Towers could only have collapsed the way they did as a result of controlled demolition. And it said this is false. Another favorite among conspiracy theories, the Pentagon was hit 
by a plane, not by a plane, but by a missile. Let me tell you, let me tell you something, let me tell you something, not funny, but weird. On 9-11, I was in, and excuse me if you're listening to this podcast and you heard this two years ago when I said it, but I was in Germany in the military. We were watching the planes as they went in on TV. We saw when the, the first one, obviously, we caught it after. But then the second one, we saw it as it happened. We're like, oh, my God, what's going on? We're getting attacked all over the place. When we saw the footage of the Pentagon one, I remember that there was that there's only that one footage where you see the Pentagon and then, and then the next one, boom, is blew up because some of the cameras in this multi-million dollar most secure government building probably in the world were not working. But anyway... The ones that were working captured the plane hitting, right? And the I remember the the sound was down, so we weren't hearing the reporter talking at the time that we had the sound down and we had to tell somebody to put it up. Before he put it up, every single one of us said, these are all soldiers, artillery soldiers, okay? We shoot rounds for a living. This is what we do. We We deal with rounds. We came from Oklahoma. Um, we trained in Oklahoma, home of the field artillery. So we seen MLRSs, missiles, all kinds of stuff. We know how they hit. We shoot them at the range. I mean, we do a lot of things with them. But anyway, then anyway, forget all the experts that were watching that that at that moment. When we saw it, we said, "Oh shit!" It got hit by a missile. A missile hit it. Then when somebody turned it up a couple seconds later, they heard the thing like, nah, nah, it wasn't a missile, it was a plane. We're like, oh, it was a plane. Damn, it looked like a missile. That's what our, our that's exactly what we said. We said, oh man, it looked like a missile. Like the way when we was looking at it, we're like, yo, it looked like a missile. You know. Um, obviously they probably found they I I don't know, they probably found plane parts or whatever, but um, so anyway, a number of prominent figures on the right, including Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, have peddled conspiracy theories about 9-11, according to Slate. Infowars radio host Alex Jones, one of the earliest and most influential 9-11 conspiracy theorists, and has helped the idea gain ground. Just a tip, if you find yourself in a crowd with Greene and Jones, it may be time to rethink a few things. So obviously from this, you can tell that this article is very right-leaning, I'm um, sorry, very left-leaning, anti-right. Um, they're painting like everything that the left says is gold and is what it is. The left are gods and they don't say anything wrong. That's neither here nor there. I'm not saying the right are gods and they don't say anything wrong. God knows they do. But, um, this, you can already tell, but I'm just reading what's here. Yeah, number six, mass shootings like Sandy Hook were false flags. This is a really, um, Touchy, all of them are touchy, but this one's really touchy because, because you know, people did die. It was kids, it's involving kids and stuff, whatever, you know. Um, but this also involves the whole, it goes back to political stuff and gun control, all that, man, it's crazy. After 26 first graders and six, um, Six school staffers were killed at Sandy Hook Elementary in Connecticut in 2012. Alex Jones used his formidable platform to claim the attack hadn't actually happened. The mass shooting, according to Jones, was completely fake and that the slain children were hired actors. Sandy Hook conspiracy spread far and wide, with some grieving parents releasing birth certificates to prove their children existed and having to deny requests to exhume their children's body. Mass shootings continued to bring out the worst in conspiracy theorists after the Parkland shooting at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School left 17 dead. Survivors were called crisis actors. When a gunman killed 58 people in Las Vegas, theories ran wild that he hadn't acted alone. And no matter where the shooting took place or how many people are affected, it seems that there are always those who are ready to call it a false flag attack designed by the deep state to push gun control laws. But if these were true, don't you think we would have, you know, passed substantial gun control laws by now? No, you wouldn't because you have a whole opposition. It's not that easy to pass gun control laws. It is not that easy. Um, wow, this article is getting really lefty. I, I can already see the purple hair coming out of my iPad. 
Um, no, it's not that easy to pass those laws like that. It's a lot of steps you got to go through. You can't just, oh, well, this person shot somebody. Let's take away all the guns. It's not the way it works. Um, it's going to be a lot of legislation. You're going to have a lot of pushback how they have now. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm telling you, as far as the crisis actors go, damn, it's crazy to see the same people <laughs> in, one, in one shooting uh, a year or two later in another one. It's crazy. I saw that one father laughing uh, when he thought, the, or the one person who I thought was a father laughing with somebody when he thought the cameras were off, as soon as the guy said, all right, we're about to roll, it's like he snapped into character and started crying. It was crazy. And you could see that video on YouTube. But anyway, I'll leave that one there. Number seven, the Democrats are behind child sex ring. Not just Democrats. Not just Democrats. In October 2016, what we used to think of as the most cursed year before we entered the hellscape of 2020. Um, there we go. <laughs> there we go with the left, with the with the blue hair, with the blue hair stuff. Okay, anyway, the emails of Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, were leaked online. In the emails Podesta writes about possibly holding a fundraiser at the D.C. Pizzeria, comment ping pong, and mentions ordering cheese pizza. These seemingly innocuous details became fuel for the wild conspiracy that comment ping pong was the headquarters of a child sex trafficking ring run by... Democratic leaders including Clinton, Podesta, Cheese Peaks, a theorist claimed, actually meant child pornography. And in so many conspiracy communities, the emails became a cipher only insiders could decode. Well, could it be not? I mean, look at Epstein's Island. Do you think these powerful people are going to write emails say, hey, man. Let's go over there to this spot and get these kids, man. I'm, I'm trying to get this young butt. Do you think that's how they're gonna they think that's how they're gonna say it, or are they gonna maybe use code how government is known to use? But anyway, whatever. You believe what you want. A few weeks after Podesta's emails were leaked, and Pixagate started gaining traction online, a 28 year old man walked into the Northwest Washington Pizzeria with an AR-15 rifle. After his after the search of his premises yielded no dungeon holding. Uh, child <laughs> sex slaves he fired his gun at a locked door before surrendering to police although the would-be gunman later told the judge his actions were foolish and reckless peaks gate conspiracies continue to proliferate proliferate sorry online become the seed for the equally equally fantastical QAnon. sorry i don't know what QAnon is i've heard the q people QAnon, whatever in October 2016, 2017, an anonymous poster called Q began posting on the messaging board 4chan, claiming to be an intelligence officer in the U.S. government. And Q expanded the foundations of Pizzagate. Not only are politicians and Hollywood elites really satanic pedophiles, they also harvest blood of children to stay young. The only people who could stop them was Donald Trump. After the election of the president, Joe Biden, some after the election of President the president, yeah, President Joe Biden, I can't even say that right. Some in the Q universe continue to insist that Biden is an illegitimate president and Trump is ruling from shadows from when she will one day emerge <laughs> to take power after the arrest. No, I think I think Trump is not the president anymore. I think it's this Biden guy. Um, as you can see, because everything's falling apart. So to take power after the arrest of everyone from Hillary Clinton to Tom Hanks to the Pope. There's so much to say about QAnon, including its promote promoters in Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene, its popularity among suburban mothers, its role in the deadly January 6th insurrection. The deadly January, that's another one, that insurrection, that thing is so bogus. Like, I w that is so bogus. But anyway, <laughs> listen, if I was a Democrat, right? Actually, if I was a Republican, and I wanted to, and it was the other way around, right? We had some uh, great Democrat leader that came as a president, and then he lost to some old Republican who could barely speak, but somehow he's the best thing for us. If it was that the way around, right? 
I would also, I would say, I would have, if I had the power, if I was in those those politicians, if I was a Republican politician, I would have a bunch of people staged within all those Democrats, looking like Democrats, stirring the pot, and I would have them storm the Capitol and blame the Democrats. It's just too easy. I need something to really get this person on. I don't have anything on him. I have to say that he started this insurrection. That's what I would do. You got to put yourself in the enemy's shoes. That's what you would do. That's what probably 90% of us would do if we were in that position. One of those positions of power. Hey, the plan is we plant some of our guys there. Make them go into that capital. You know what I mean? Storm it cause a mess and we could just say that hey look at these look at these democrats what they did they stormed the capitol that's so easy jesus war 101 number eight now number eight uh number eight is number eight goes just really does something um (laughs) i'm really like i have this relationship with number eight where it's like it's like one of those relationships where like He's cool, but I really don't hang with him like that. He acts really weird sometimes. You know what I mean? I just say hi if I see him in the hallway. You know, we'll probably talk five minutes, but then I'll keep it moving. Number eight, the earth is actually flat. In 2017, Flat Earth International Conference featured speakers such as Mark Sargent, who runs the Flat Earth Clues YouTube channel series, and they enjoys and has enjoyed a leading role in Netflix Behind the Curve. A documentary about flat, flat earthers searching claims that the world is a flat soundstage under a dome. Sort of like the Truman Show, although there's not extensive polling on how many people think the earth is flat, there's evidence that younger people are more likely to believe this is the case. The basic idea, idea of this movement is right there in its name. The, f- the earth is flat, not a globe. Flat earthers have a range of theories about how they think the world is actually laid out. But the majority seem to believe the planet is a flat disk with an ice wall around it. Now, look, that makes for some great science fiction, man. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying I would love to see a movie like that. All all jokes aside, put the conspiracy aside. I want to see that. Anyway, although it can be easy to laugh it to laugh off the flatter theory which theorists themselves accidentally debunked in Behind the Curve. This kind of belief can be a harbinger of extreme science skepticism about issues with real-world implications, like vaccines. See how they threw that in there? They had to throw that in there. They had to. They want you vaccinated. They just throw it They throw it in there. Subliminal. It's not even subliminal. It's subliminal, but it is. It's subliminal right in front of you. Number nine, COVID-19 is population control. Hmm. Conspiracies about the novel coronavirus are a dime a dozen. The vaccine implements implants a chip used to track people. The fatality rate has been widely inflated. Oh, and Bill Gates is not only responsible, is not the only, is not only responsible for the virus, but also the head of a plot to use the virus as population control. Bill Gates is a weird fucking guy, period. Um, I think he's a, like a big kid with too much power. Are you tired yet? I says, I says, I am. These theories have been debunked repeatedly. I don't know what they call debunking. I don't know what they consider debunking. Yet they persist. That might have something to do with the then president, Donald Trump, saying the virus was no more deadly than the flu. It would and would one day uh, disappear like a miracle without the need for a vaccine. I honestly think it could. And really, is it more deadly than the flu? Or is it nice? It's just like the flu. I mean, like I said, 4,000 people, nobody died. The one that died was the one that got vaccinated. I don't know. I'm just saying, that's what happened. That's what happened in my circle. Everybody in my family who's had it, they've had it, and they're back. Doing the same thing they were doing. I got another family member right now that has it. We ask him, "How are you?" He's like, "I'm fine. I'm putting up drywall." Okay. Um, but a, but when you ask somebody, it's like, "Oh, I know a person of a person of a person of a person's cousin's neighbor's cousin." You know what I mean? I'm not saying people don't die. You may know somebody. I'm not. I'm not trying to disrespect that, but I am questioning the whole 
thing behind it. And then the vaccine, oh man, you cannot tell me this ain't political. This ain't for a game. You can't tell me people aren't making money. Follow the money. Follow it. Ah, okay. Or it could be related to some Republican lawmakers who floated the idea that COVID could be a Chinese bioweapon. Or it could just be that in a time of historic political polarization, this country was uniquely ill-suited to deal with a catastrophic pandemic that has killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. Take your pick. I feel like COVID was the only thing that was killing us. There was no other sickness, no other disease. Forget about everything else. It was only COVID. Wow. The disease that put a pause on every other death. Get shot in the head. Ah, COVID. You fell off a mountain. Ah, COVID. You couldn't go to school because you were dead. Ah, COVID. That's what that's what it sounded like. All the, still, the ones that I do. I'm in Florida. We, uh, you already know us. The minute I said Florida, you already know. <laughs> I have a mask here. I got a ton of masks actually. We only wear it at work because we have to. Some people wear it to the store. Some people barely wear it. Some people here wear it when they're driving by themselves. That's the silliest shit I've ever seen. But anyway, crazy. So anyway, guys, let these sink in. Let's get your conspiracy boner on again. Conspiracy fears and mystery boner so that we can get back into this. I gave you an hour almost of this. That's a lot. But I wanted to come back in real hard that's what she said so as always man there will be more episodes coming up i'm gonna try to do them every friday depending on my schedule depending if i go to italy i don't know what i'm doing the next few i got a couple moves to make so if i do end up in italy i will still be podcasting from italia all right and as always don't forget to like subscribe and my drugs are kicking in jesus and whoo And I will see you on the next smoke.